Dusty, what's the one book you can always find in our car when we're on a trip? Honestly, Mike, it is usually a Moon travel guide. That's right. Moon is our favorite travel guidebook publisher because not only are they a source for ethical travel and the best ways to get away, but their books also are packed full of information on everything from sites to see, trails to hike, restaurants, and lodging, all from real authors who are local to the areas they're writing about. That's right. And we're so excited that this year we are again partnering with Moon Travel Guides. Ready to cross something off your travel bucket list in 2024? Have a lot of great ideas for trips, but don't know how to get started or keep your itinerary organized? Wherever your wanderings might take you or inspire you to go, Moon Travel has you covered. Moon Travel is the travel guidebook publisher for ethical travel. Don't spend months trying to craft the perfect getaway when you can do it all with Moon. Whether you're headed abroad, planning to take to the open road, or want to wander the trails of a national park, make sure to pack a Moon Travel Guide with you. Through the end of 2024, our listeners can get 20% off any Moon Travel Guide when they use the code GAZE20 at checkout. That's amazing. And that is code GAZE24, G-A-Z-E-2-4 for 20% off any Moon travel guide in Moon's entire library. And that is just for our listeners, and you cannot find that anywhere else. Be sure to visit Moon.com. Head to our show notes and check it out and see Moon's entire collection of travel guidebooks. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Gaze at the National Parks. How's it going, Dusty? I'm great. How about you? I'm all tired right now. We are just coming off of two very intensely long days of hiking, and um, I have a lot of feelings. Oh, we, yes, have mm-hmm. come off of two very long days. Mm-hmm. I'm exhausted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. today At the end of today, my thighs felt like concrete cinder blocks. Yeah. And um, my feet were covered in blisters. You're a pretty girl. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like we should describe the Airbnb that we are staying in right now. (laughs) Yes, I think that's really, really good. First of all, we're staying in lovely Akron, Ohio. Mm -hmm. Akron, as we've been calling it. I've been calling it Akron. Mm -hmm. We're staying in like a really cute little area. There's like a Whole Foods 365 store across the way. There's some thriving things happening in the area. There's lots going on. Lovely. And we're staying in this Airbnb, and it was kind of hard to find some Airbnbs near Cuyahoga. And the nice thing is, is we're only like 20 minutes from the park. It's which is really lovely. But the Airbnb itself has some flaws. Yeah, I guess we could say that. Overall, it is a fine and lovely yes, clean, place to stay. Very super clean, great. all of the amenities. Mm-hmm. But it is the interior design that has been brought it into this conversation. Yeah. If you were a witch on American Horror Story and interior design was your thing, this would be your personal hell. Absolutely. (laughs) Naughty pine. (laughs) This would be your personal hell. Mm -hmm. Uh, Without a doubt. Oh, 100%. Let's describe a little bit what we're seeing here. Right. The living room has a chair rail. Mm-hmm. Um, the chair rail is painted white mm-hmm. as well as all of the trim mm-hmm. on all of the walls. Mm-hmm. The walls themselves are painted sort of like a cream tan, yeah. a little more on the tan side of cream. It's like a sandy color. But then there are these black stripes that have been painted across the walls. And it's not just like pinstripes. It's like mm-hmm. giant like vertical block, blocky stripes. Vertical stripes. They did not use tape to do this they just freehanded this with some uh rollers rollers and they went to town Mm -hmm. then 
the curtains are like Belle's dress from Beauty and the Beast. Right. If you like got it from, from a party costume city. store. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And they are not, um, the, the curtains. I mean, I think Pinterest has taught uh, all of us at least to put the curtain rod basically all the way to the ceiling. Right. And they have not done that. Mm-mm. No. Also there's fake plants everywhere. Yeah. And then in what I'm guessing is sort of the dining room area, they have um, painted sort of black rectangles on the wall. Sort of. handed them. <laughs> They've put wine racks up there. But yeah. um, they have not put real, like, full bottles of wine on them. No. They are just empty bottles. <laughs> yes. Of wine. And they're, yeah, I guess they are all wine. There's no liquor bottles up yeah. there. Yeah. I would say that the sheets feel like a mixture of, like, rayon and, and oil cloth tablecloth yes exactly <laughs> right like those yeah getting into bed last night i was like oh these are these sheets are plastic mm-hmm. literally mm-hmm. yeah but it's a great area it's a very Lovely clean area i mean it's fine it mm-hmm. is serving its purpose and that is that is right all it's supposed to do yeah i think you and leah said that um it was like a trading spaces sort of bundle. fail yeah a trading yeah. spaces fail mm-hmm. right yeah yeah like if you left the homeowners to do it themselves <laughs> with no one in charge with no one in yeah, charge it's no. like yeah i was uh, yeah like one could say like maybe hildy would do something like this but i'm like no 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 i actually respect hildy as a designer and i think if she did do something like this it would be like with a lot of taste and this this feels like let's just put all of these ideas that we saw on the internet like just like let's put all of them in the same place. Yeah. Oh, and don't forget like home goods style art on every wall. Yeah. Absolutely. Every single wall has some sort of piece. Mm-hmm. The one I'm looking at now is just like poppies, 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 poppies. Sleep. We'll put them to sleep. sleep. Poppies. <laughs> Looking for adventure, wanna follow on the trail Or get a little lost and let the wind fill my sails Get up when the stars still fill the sky Don't wake the sun, there's so much to be done And the day has just begun Go where the postcards are real, you can feel You can open your eyes and open your heart when you gaze at the National Park. At the National Park. At the National Park. Follow you, I'll follow you there. Cuyahoga Valley National Park is Ohio's only national park. It is a park that really does encompass a lot of the beauty that Ohio has to offer. It does have a vast different landscapes running throughout it rivers lakes waterfalls there's even a pretty good historic presence here in the park there's a canal system that is a major part of the park and its history and the spaces within it there is really a lot to offer here this is one of those parks similar to capitol reef that we saw where there is some sort of like historical presence that's still visible Um, whereas like other parks that we've been to, sure, there may have been like communities that were set up in those parks, but 
those are long past preservation. They're long gone. But here you can kind of see the echoes of that in the park itself. There are a series of canals that run all through Cuyahoga Valley National Park. That is one of the reasons why the National Park Service wanted to preserve the area was because these different spots along the canals popped up as villages and towns. And then they would bring goods in down these canals. Mm-hmm. And they had these ways of getting the boats out of the canals. Through locks. Through locks. Yeah. They also had this towpath that runs along the canal system. Mm-hmm. It's called a towpath because horses... Or donkeys. Or donkeys mm-hmm. used to walk along it and they would attach the boat to the donkey and the donkey would walk down the towpath and pull it down the canal. Yeah. Pull the boat down the canal. And the towpath itself was like a, you know, a trail that one could follow along the canal system. And there's some really great signage that explains a lot about the different locks and the different canals themselves within the park. This park isn't a park you would see out in, you know, the western part of the United Mm -hmm. States where like it has an entrance and like, you know, it's just like this whole Dominion area belongs to this one park. Right. Like this is a park that has major roadways running through it. There are, are towns that are still there that are inhabited by people. There are homes all over the place and it is preserved by the National Park Service, but it is still inhabited by people. But because of the preservation that only certain things have been built or could be built in certain areas. Mm-hmm. It is interesting to see like houses within like the range of the, the end scope of the park and even just like how close neighborhoods that may not be a part of the park are to its borders. So it is one of those parks that's a little different from, I think, anything that we've seen before as far as just like human interaction and like outside interaction goes with the park. Running through Cuyahoga Valley National Park is a trail called the Buckeye Trail. And this is a 1,444-mile trail that runs all the way around the state of Ohio, literally makes a giant loop through and around the Mm -hmm. state. And in 1958, there was an article written in the Columbus Dispatch that suggested building a trail from Cincinnati to Lake Erie. And so that was the beginnings of what became the Buckeye Trail. All of these people met and they formed this nonprofit organization called the Buckeye Trail Association. From there, the trail grew and grew and grew. And the purpose of the trail is to be able to see the natural beauty of Ohio on foot. And so it became bigger and bigger, and then it eventually became one giant loop. Mm -hmm. And part of that trail runs through Cuyahoga Valley National Park. And on our first day, we were on part of this trail. And that is what this episode is about. So we had kind of planned to do this trip um, in the midst of all of our crazy travel that we were doing this That's year. True. That's true. So we have just finished up Colorado about a month ago and we we're like, Hey, you know what? We should do something over Memorial day because we, you know, had a pretty long weekend. Um, I had four days off. You ended up having three. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're like, where can we go? That's sort of close that we don't need to like book airfare for Cuyahoga seemed like a very natural location. Totally, yes. So it was something that we had kind of planned a little ways uh, away in the past. And we also have 
a very near and dear friend of ours, someone that I went to college with, who Dusty has since become friends with as well, our friend Leah, who was teaching at Oxbow, which is basically like a giant art summer camp up in Michigan. And we were kind of mentioning the trip to her. And she was like, oh my God, I'm actually headed back home that weekend. She lives up near Rochester, New York. She's like, I would love to come with you guys. Is that okay? Would you love to have me? And we were like, absolutely. Yes, let's so go. we kind of like all coordinated and planned. Dusty and I set out on Friday night of Friday Memorial night. Day weekend. Yes, um, we set out Friday night. We left from Princeton. We did because I was there. I had directed a production of A Wrinkle in Time that mm-hmm. had its final performance and they did an awesome job. I they was did. very proud of them, those students. And then we set off from there. Mm-hmm. And so we headed west all the way to Bedford, Pennsylvania. Bedford, Pennsylvania. It yeah. was literally like there wasn't a ton of places to stop. No, no. we needed like a ride. halfway point because no. we left at like 8.30 and it was like seven hours to Cuyahoga yeah. and we were not doing that on not, Friday night. Not at 8.30 p.m. No, no, so no. we were but like, we'll drive morning. halfway. <laughs> right. So we drove to Bedford uh-huh. and we stayed at a quality end. Mm-hmm. It was quality. It was quality. It was fine. They did think you were from Bangkok, Thailand, though. Uh, for some reason, for and I'll never reason. know why. Mm-hmm. But yes, so... Uh, the jokes just write themselves, folks. They do. Mm-hmm. So uh, we stayed there. They had breakfast. We ate some breakfast. Yeah. Some very, like, cardboardy eggs. We did, and it was fine. Oh, you know. And then we headed out the next morning mm-hmm. toward Ohio. Mm-hmm. Toward Ohio westward, my friends. Yes. So yeah, we we picked up kind of on the earlier side because we wanted to try to get to Cuyahoga around like 10, 30, 11 to meet Leah who was coming up from Cincinnati. And it was like a four hour drive um, from Cincinnati. It was like three and a half hours, four and a half, four hours. The drive was pretty, pretty easy. Listen, if you've never driven across Ohio or Pennsylvania, it's pretty flat and it's pretty similar. And it's the entire very much way. the same the whole yeah, way. It is yes. the same the entire way. So, you know, we weren't missing much in the dark. No. And, you know, our ride was pretty quick on the way out. I would say we were, you know, three and a half hours because we had to stop yeah, to get yeah. gas and stuff. We met Leah at the Boston Store Visitor Center. Right, which right. is in this little area called Boston, mm-hmm. which is in Cuyahoga Valley. Which is pretty central to the park itself. Like yes. It's kind of smack dab in the middle there. Cuyahoga Valley kind of runs like north to south, mm-hmm. and it is like smack dab in the middle there. Mm-hmm. It's like a little bit of a teardrop shape. It's like a kind of funky teardrop. You mean Boston? Or no, 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 the, the shape of the park itself. Oh, right, yeah. yes. Yeah. We met there, and uh, we went into the visitor center, which had a little lovely museum exhibit, mm-hmm. which I read which all clocked. of, <laughs> clocks, read, and it was all about sort of the canal system and how they used to use it as part of industry and trade, like almost a hundred or so years ago. Mm-hmm. And then we spoke to the park ranger who gave us lots of thoughts about what we could do. Right. So we really were trying to figure out having basically two full days in the park, what the best options would sort of be for us. He had a lot of different thoughts. One of his main recommendations was though to really like embrace and follow the Buckeye 
trail. Yeah, he yeah. did say like there was there was a lot of there was a lot to see, right? And you could cover a lot of ground with that trail. Yeah. And so he also um, mentioned a couple of waterfalls, mm-hmm. and he mentioned a few different spots all over the park. Yeah. What was convenient about this park was that there was cell service the whole time yeah, all over this place. It's one of the first parks where that's been the case. But again, I think this goes back to the fact that there is civilization and habitat all, all throughout. throughout. Yeah. yeah. So uh, in the map that they gave us, they have all of these interest points along the way of different things you can pull off and see or drive to. Mm-hmm. Like you can hike on foot to any spot in the park or drive to any spot in the right. park, essentially. Each one of the spots on the map had an address, so you could actually like put it into your GPS oh, and yeah. go right there. Oh, yeah, it was real smart. Cuyahoga so won smart. Like, a lot of points for a lot oh, of like, real good things like that. That was definitely one of those Everything things. Everything was so accessible. And like very, very clear. We'll talk about trail maps and right. like trail blazes in like a minute or two, but like there was a lot to you know, applaud Cuyahoga Valley National Park for. And this was definitely one of those things that like very clear direction giving. So we really kind of spent a little bit more time at the visitor center. We went back to the car and we kind of loaded up. So like we kind of left everything bags in the car and we just kind of wanted to get that information first. And I have to, we have to mention how hot it was. Right. So it was like high oh, 80 degree day. It was really hot. And humid. And I have been like waiting for this kind of heat like forever because right. we haven't been getting it in Jersey. Like right. Jersey's been just like winter has lingered on. Yeah. And like then in like the matter of like a day, it's going to just be summer. But then it drops again. Yeah. Like that's I mean, what it's basically has been happening. It's been like this like really like like cold sort of like, Oh, it's going to be 50 and rainy for like three weeks straight. Here's an 80 degree day. Oh, it's, it's 50 and rainy again for like another oh, yeah, week. Exactly. So it's, and it's kind of like the same thing right now at home too. So it was definitely a little warmer than you or I have hiked in, I think um, in a real long time anyway. Yeah. It, so, I don't recall it being this hot in Acadia. No, cause it was Maine and Maine is like, you know, Colds. Nor do I recall it even being that hot in like Shenandoah or the Smokies. Yeah, no. It's, when we were yeah, there in the summer, mm-mm, it wasn't mm-mm. that hot. No. It was warm, but it wasn't right. yesterday's heat. No. Which was what it was. And right. We knew that. So um, I wore just my hiking vest. Yes. Which. Um, because it is your fashion life. Oh, now. it is my fashion life and I love it. <laughs> um, but it's great because it's lightweight. It's. Um, and it's got zip pockets. Right. So, you know, you can just put the phone right there. That's right. So, yeah. So, yeah. So we like appropriately bug sprayed up. We also appropriately like suntan lotion the heck out of our bodies um, and really set off along the towpath. That's right. And we have mentioned Maxi Deet before mm-hmm. we have, which is like the full Deet bug, bug spray, yeah. which isn't good for the environment. Or for your body, I'm or sure. Or for your body, <laughs> right. My um, changing body. However, the Center for Disease Control just released the, uh, an article that said that lemon eucalyptus oil was just as effective at keeping bugs away as like a Maxi Deet right. bug spray. 
So things to get for the next trip. Things to get for right. the next trip. Or but we also to make. right. But we also like you know, especially knowing that we were going to be like in grasses and things like that, where like we have this tick spray called. Pemerthen or permethen, I believe it is something I got off of Amazon, but it is like a sanctioned, like you know, tick repellent spray that's just for ticks. So that's something that you spray your clothes with before you hike. So that was like applied liberally because we're not messing around when it comes to ticks. Nobody wants that in their life. So that was something that we had already sort of prepped as well. But yeah, we headed off down the towpath because one of the first things that the ranger had also said was that, hey, Ohio has, uh, Cuyahoga has the second highest waterfall in the state of Ohio, and you should probably check that out. And it's called Brandy Wine Falls. Falls. We were like, great, that's perfect. And they, again, you could drive there, but you could also hike a path Mm -hmm. to Brandy Wine Falls. So, So that is what we decided to do. So we started off on the towpath, again, which runs basically next to the river. The canal, the former canal system. The canal uh, system. It is a really great pathway for bike riding. And a lot of people ride bikes along this towpath. Yeah. And so people walk along the towpath, Mm -hmm. too. And run. And run. But biking is sort of... Like a, it's a major fairway because it's biking. kind of like a flat, gravelly path. Exactly. So it's like perfect and sometimes for that. paved and sometimes paved. Yeah, so or boardwalked even. There was a spot that you could rent bikes if you wanted mm-hmm. to, but we saw a lot of people bringing bikes and yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, walking along the towpath, like anytime we were walking, there was just like you'd hear the bell or you'd hear the person behind you, like I'm on your left, and then yeah. you just have to move over and yeah. stuff. Yeah, because it so, wasn't super wide. No, no, and. On this day, it was busy yeah. in this park. There were a ton of people. Yeah. Like when we parked, there were a ton of cars. It was and a Saturday. A so. lot of people around. Yeah. So we were making our way to Brandywine Falls along the towpath. Mm-hmm. And when we are starting out, like the towpath is like underneath a canopy of trees. Mm-hmm. And so we're getting a lot of shade. And as we were walking next to the canal, you could hear these frogs. <laughs> right. <laughs> And it sounded like, literally, it sounded like the sounds from Beyonce's, uh, the beginning of Beyonce's formation. Mm -hmm, Like those sounds were what were coming out of these frogs. Yeah. Like on different pitches and they were like Mm -hmm. responding to each other on different pitches. Mm -hmm. It was fascinating. I'd never heard frogs do that before. As we were walking, eventually we would have to get off of the towpath. Right. We hooked a right, basically. We did. And that kind of wound us through some like, trees that were a little bald at the top and then eventually a field at the end of that field we cross a road and come up to another like historic homestead and barn and that kind of is like then the trailhead for brandywine that house was called stanford farm right it had an office in there i think people could stay there maybe there was a giant barn. They actually had kind of a, a water truck, which we didn't realize did. until the way really back, convenient. which was great. Like NPS had like a giant like water like tow basically that you could hook on like a, a hitch and like drag around. But it was where you could fill up your water. And I'm sure that was probably because of camping and having potable water available. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was essentially the trailhead yeah. to get to Brandywine Falls was right. right there. Right. And he said there was a way to get to these falls without, um, like you had like an optional mile that you could like add on to the trail if through you the wanted gorge. through yeah. the gorge, the Brandywine Gorge. Mm-hmm. Oh, I also just want to point out that this volunteer park ranger that we were talking to had on, he was this older man, but he had on this like, 
gigantic turquoise chunky bracelet, turquoise chunky bracelet. turquoise <laughs> bracelet with these chunky turquoise rings. And it was, I was like, mm-hmm. oh my God, I want all of that jewelry. Right. Anyway. Mm-hmm. So he said like there, you could actually walk up the river if you wanted to, right. to get to the falls, but it would be slippery rock. Right. And we were like, no, we're not going to do that. No. And we essentially followed the river the whole time because we, we did get to a point where it was a juncture and it was like, hey, Brandywine Falls is this way a quarter of a mile or this way a mile and a quarter. And that entire walk was just like a covered forest, but the, but like you could see through it because the trees were bald on the bottom. Right. You could see through all of the trees. It was like, um, it was beautiful and very green. Right. Just everything around you was just the greenest green I've ever you seen. You did have some initial gain as yeah. soon as we got past the farmhouse and we were kind of heading up. Um, so there was a little bit of rise and fall on the trail, mm-hmm. a little bit more of an extreme rise when we started. And then it was just kind of some meandering up and downs right. like along the way as we were walking towards the, towards the waterfall. So, right. and then we did finally get to that fork mm-hmm. and the fork was like, you can head off this way and it's a quarter of a mile or you can head off this other way and it's another mile. And so we headed off to the left um, to add another mile to the trail, Mm -hmm. which then brought us along the river. Right. And that was a very beautiful walk. Right. Like you have the river to your right. You have all these beautiful trees, greenery to the left and um, you have this trail and it was busy. Yeah. The trail, uh, that was a pretty wide trail. Yeah. Lots of families. It was a modest uphill mm-hmm. that part of the trail. Yeah, as you made your way up. Right, Leah. At one point, like was like, "Listen, I just want to touch water." We'd asked the park ranger, "Oh, is there? Can we swim? Is there anywhere to swim?" And he was like, "I don't recommend it." And it was so hot, we just were like taunted by this water. So she's like, "I just want to go down and touch the water." Right, so she yeah. like there was a spot to like do that. Like we were pretty close to the falls at that point. So she kind of ran down got a little water on her fingers and then came back up. You know, one thing that I think was something that was a constant theme on both days of our trips was that for the most part, the trails were pretty good. Um, but we would encounter like just sloppy, muddy piles here oh, and there. Oh yeah, there was a ton um, of mud everywhere. And it was like, oh, clearly this is the path, even if we didn't know, because it was just footprints, 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 and like deep kind of gouged footprints. So yeah, so we like kind of keep winding our way up against the river and then Eventually, there's a, like a farm on our left, and we see a little goat. Oh yeah, it was the little, little black, white, and gray yeah. goat. This was like another historic so homestead cute. too. Um, but that was basically adjacent to the waterfall, right? At that point, so we're basically walking up to the road mm-hmm. and then headed off to the right, and then the waterfall is right there, mm-hmm. and you're standing at the top of the waterfall, right? And um, there was this family oh there with this little boy who was so excited. He, he was like, like maybe four. He was like screaming. He was so excited. And his dad was like, it's his first waterfall. <laughs> and we were like, yes, yeah. scream. We're yeah. so excited. Yeah. That, you know, you're yeah. thrilled about that. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. Then like we're now at the part where like people can, you know, drive up and park mm-hmm. and then uh, it's me, like a bridge over the waterfall. Basically, right. We're on the bridge. So, we make our way down and around and like they have this like complicated like wooden stair like uh it's like an elevated boardwalk essentially it's an elevated boardwalk and you can go like down and get a little bit closer and so we walked all through there um 
and we we even like went over and stopped for bathrooms at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we took some photos all around there, and uh, and there were a ton of people around doing the same thing, and a ton of dogs. Oh. It, right. One of the names for this episode was going to be called Dog Parade because it might as well be yeah. Dog Parade. Millions of dogs. Yes. Hundreds of dogs. Exactly. King of the dogs. So. Yeah. Uh, and they were so cute. They All were cute. of them. There yeah. was this little chocolate lab puppy that mm-hmm. I just couldn't. That we saw twice. We saw him twice. And also just all the golden retrievers mm-hmm. live in Cuyahoga Valley National Park. Apparently. I don't know if you know that. That's where they, that is where their live. origin is. Yes. <laughs> they all come from there. Yeah. They're just floppy and bright. And like, you know, this park is as pretty as they are. Yeah. So. And they're real pretty. They are so pretty. Now, the falls themselves... This is the second tallest waterfall in the state of Ohio. Not really that tall. No. They are not the tallest waterfalls Mm -hmm. I've ever seen. No. I guess that's the point, is that they're not really that tall. Right. Whatever. But, you know, it is a real waterfall. Yeah. And there used to be a mill there. um, Right. That was basically the bridge we'd crossed over. Um, That was like a big, like, point of industry um, that part right there at the falls and there's actually some like remnants of the foundations of buildings right there too so that was kind of cool to to see again this was kind of like walking through living history which was really really neat Um, and you could kind of see how integral the Cuyahoga River was to so much of the industry in the area from these different businesses to just the lock system itself oh yeah it was a major resource and yeah. thoroughfare for yeah. so many other things. So yeah. from there, we started to head back. Yeah. And with that, let's take a quick break. Great. So we're going to play a game that we played a lot hiking on this trek, um, and that is called Memoir Titles. So in Memoir Titles, we were giving each other a very formative experience in our lives, and we were asking each other to come up with a memoir title for that formative experience. So someone would suggest the topic, and then we'd all have to answer what our and memoir title. And we played this game on the show before. And it's great. It's a lot so, of fun. Okay, Mike. Summers of Childhood. Oh, okay. Summers of Childhood. Sun-kissed, sassy, and free. Oh, I was a beach rat as a child. So mm-hmm. I spent a, a lot of my summers on the beach. My mom didn't work in the summers. So that's kind of what we did. The summers were a super formative time in my youth because not only did I meet a lot of friends on the beach, but I did a lot of growing up. I learned a lot about like who I was as a person. And I think that a lot of the sassiness came from those formative years. I see. Yeah. What about you? I would call mine accelerated hatred. Oh, here's why. (laughs) Here's why. Well, we've taken a dark turn here on Gaze at the National um, Parks. On the page, it would say accelerated reader with the word reader crossed out and then hatred written next to it. Oh, did you not like to read? No, I loved to read. (laughs) Girl, Jesus Christ. Yes, I loved reading. I still love reading. Okay. No, I adored reading when I was younger, but this system they had in place at my school to get us to read was abysmal. Mm. Um, It was called accelerated reader and they would assign like points values to books. Mm. You would have to read a book, take a test on it and then you would earn the points. And then over the summer you had to do all of these, you had to do all the summer reading and like, 
I, there were all of these books that I wanted to read and it got me so frustrated because like, so like I remember it distinctly one time in the fourth grade, I went into the, the library and I grabbed Charles Dickens, a Christmas Carol. Mm -hmm. And she was like, no, this is above your reading level. This is a seventh grade book. And I was like, I don't care if it's a seventh grade book. I want to read this book. Yeah. She was like, no, you need to read a fourth grade book and hands me some bullshit book that I don't remember Mm -hmm. where the red fur grows. No, no, because that one was the sixth grade book. Another book I wanted to read. Yeah. So cry to she, um, so that just, I just felt limited Mm -hmm. by the whole thing. And I, I just felt like, I have to read these dumb, stupid books. And what I really want to be reading is like, like I would sit and read, like, I remember like I read white Fang and call of the wild, Mm -hmm. like on my own. And like that didn't have anything to do with summer reading or accelerated reader. You didn't get any points. No points for any of those. So, um, no, I had a real joy of reading and they, that's, that just robbed me of the joy. And, uh, this one time, uh, finally, uh, when I got to fifth grade, I was like, can't I read books at least at the sixth grade level? She was like, no, you have to read the fifth grade book. I was so mad. And so finally I talked to my teacher about it and she was like, yeah, you can read the sixth grade books. I was like, okay, great. So then they decided to like use this computer test to like, we would take a test on the computer and that would determine our reading level. And in fifth grade, it was like, oh yeah, you can read books between ninth grade and 12th grade. Mm. And I was like, thank you. Mm-hmm. I have been saying this the whole you time. You just needed your Capricorn validation. <sighs> Seriously though. Yeah. No, reading was like everything, but mm. I, it was just, I I hated that system and yeah. I still hate it. And I think some schools still use that and I really wish they wouldn't. Mm-hmm. It just makes no one excited about accelerated reading. Accelerated stupidity. Accelerated stupidity. That's what it would be. Yeah. Not accelerated hatred. Right. That's a little too strong. Accelerated stupidity. That's that. So we made our way back and ended up that we worked our way back to Stanford Farm. And there were actually a few picnic tables here. We just kind of stopped and snacked. And we had brought a pretty good like variety of things for the three of us to eat. So that was kind of nice. And we talked about a bunch of things and just like kind of caught up. At this um, point, what there was, were some of those snacks just to, you know, cover our bases? Just to cover our bases. Um, we had bananas. We had bananas. Apples. We had peanut butter pretzels. Oh, we peanut had butter filled pretzels. Melty trail mix. Which, it was very melty, but not the fruit and nut not trail the mix. Fruit that nut was trail not mix. melty. That was real good. We also pistachios. had pistachios and sunflower seeds. Yes. We had it all rolling in the deep. Um, right. So, yeah, we just like, we kind of noshed for a little bit. And then we, you know, it wasn't that late at that point, And we really wanted to hike some more because we had only done that hike out to Brandywine Falls was only about four miles. So we ended up deciding that we were going to do part of the Buckeye Trail. Right. So when we talked to the ranger, there were two ways that he recommended. He either said go north or go south. And either way, you could either make those treks eight miles or you could double them by going a little further and making them 16. And we were absolutely not doing a 16-mile hike on top of the four miles we did. Right. So we were like, let's do but the one. we could do an eight. But we could do an eight. So let's do the one that's going to make sense for us. Let's do this eight-mile hike. So we headed back towards the towpath 
and back into like Boston store area. Right. And when we got back to the Boston store area, we refilled our water bladders um, at the bathroom because it had a refilling station. Mm -hmm. Um, I also went and got my uh, towel from the car. I had a microfiber towel because I was sweating so much, but I had no way of wiping the sweat on anything. Right. My, um, it, uh, my vest wasn't absorbent. Yes. And below your vest, you had nothing but your skin. It's true. And that's not absorbent. No, no, not Um, in the way you need it to be. Right. Exactly. So, uh, so yeah, I needed to do some of that also. Um, I am someone who lives with eczema. I have my whole life as of late, it has come back a lot. And, um, being out in the heat yesterday was, um, was really triggering for that eczema. As much as you clamored for that heat flaring up like you wouldn't believe like the inside of my elbows were itching and my wrists and the behind my knees were itching and I also like the back of my neck the front of my neck so mm-hmm. yeah it was a lot of um, just managing that and luckily our friend Leah also has eczema and she was like oh uh, here. yes luckily Leah has eczema <laughs> <laughs> right but she was like here try this um, lovely, uh, uh, like prescribed medication that she had some topical medication that I put on it and it made it a lot better. Mm-hmm. So, uh, cause I try to manage it without doing any steroid cream usage. But yeah. I did have to do some of that yesterday because like it was down. really bad. Yeah. So yeah, I, I managed that, um, when we were back in Boston and then we set off headed toward the Buckeye trail. Oh, but we also sat for a long time, which was a mistake. We sat on rocking, on chairs, on rocking the porch. chairs on the porch and, and it getting was lovely. up to go back and be like, Oh, I have to hike eight more miles, eight more miles. I have to hike eight more miles right now. I was like, not thrilled when we got back up. Well, but eventually that turned. Yeah. 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 It was pretty good. So we're heading up the road, Boston mills road over to the right. Actually were these ski lifts that they use during the winter Mm -hmm. when it's snow covered. Um, and they use for skiing. Mm -hmm. Um, but we headed off into the woods on the left. Um, on the left side of the road. Mm-hmm. And that was where the Buckeye Trail was. Because a- this Buckeye Trail is not just through wilderness. It is sometimes through roads. It is sometimes... Towns. Towns. Um, you know, uh, established greenways. Like, yeah. it's just all around. Yeah. So, it actually had a really nice signboard right when we got on that explained the trail itself. And the big thing is to follow the blue blazes. There were blue blazes. There were blue blazes. They say that on their website. Mm-hmm. Follow the blue blazes. Yeah. And they are light blue and they're on the trees and they're or telephone poles sometimes or telephone poles or on the ground yes, sometimes we did see that as well so um but on this day going on the north end from boston mm-hmm. uh they were all on trees yeah at the beginning of the trail uh it was some uphill oh girl it was uphill i had yeah. put my hiking poles back in the car <laughs> yeah, because it was, was like mistake. i don't think i need these and then it was like well i wish i had them now yeah yeah and you didn't get your hiking poles out at all because no. of pride right mm-hmm. <laughs> you know me right so uh the but there were a lot there was a lot of uphill oh it was and intense uphill the it was like it was actually like and it was kind of muddy it, at it was, times i think because it was unexpected uphill yeah and we were like oh yeah uphill right yeah. when 
everything on the Brandywine Trail, we did have some uphill, some downhill, yeah. but everything was relatively flat. Yeah. So we thought it would be mostly flat. As we were hiking this Buckeye Trail, we knew that coming up was going to be another water, waterfall called Blue Hen Falls. Yeah. And so we wanted to make sure that we saw that. Mm-hmm. And so we wind our way through, you know, the first section, the of, first the hike. section of the hike, which yeah. is mostly just uphill. The same kind of like open tree forest mm-hmm. area that we had dealt with on the Brandywine Trail. And, yeah. um, and then we finally come up on these falls. Yeah. And the falls were, you know, they were a waterfall. You could go down to them. There were a lot of people down there. Mm-hmm. But the we both children got there. Who were sort of like playing in the water. Yeah. We both, we all got there and we were like, no, uh, that's okay. Plus, there was a cute, like, golden retriever puppy named oh. Daisy up top. So we oh were, like, god. fawning and over her. And it was, her. like, a four month old. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. She was so cute. Yeah. And so then we kind of wandered our way back and got back on the trail. And we were headed towards um, a little part of the park, little community called Jate. Jate. Um, Jate was our ultimate destination. Because that was going to be where we kind of hooked to come back. Right. So we're making our way um, back on the trail. We're on the Buckeye Trail, like, because you have to kind of jet off for, like, just a moment to mm-hmm. go see the Blue Hen Falls. Mm-hmm. So we're back on, and we keep going. And as we're making our way, um, we it's it goes up a little bit more, but then it starts to descend a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then we start running into a couple more people. Right. And there was this one woman who said she was like, oh, she was on the ground. She was like sitting and she resting. She was sitting and resting and she was like, it's so much better going you, the way you're going than the way I'm going. Yeah. And we were like, oh, it must just be all downhill from here. Yeah. No. Well, no, <laughs> sort eventually. Of. Yeah. But uh, at this, for the next few, you know, for the next bit of this hike, it was very much downhill. Yeah. We and had this kind of gigantic staircase gigantic wooden, wooden staircase that went like, straight oh, down she must have hated this so it was there were a lot of stairs <laughs> yeah, there like were a hundred of them yeah. at least or something this capricorn didn't count over here so i didn't <laughs> no, know i know but we we made our way down those stairs mm-hmm. and um those were fun yeah and then we kept kind of heading down until finally because one something that goes down must come Let's back go up. up i mean I think it's the other way around. It but is, but whatever. Hiking, when it comes to hiking, way. if you go down, you're going back up yeah. at some point. So we start doing some more uphill. And that was a little, um, that was breaking my heart a little bit at that mm-hmm. time. Don't go breaking my heart. But Sorry, we're still <laughs> basically in like covered canopy forest. Yeah. And there was a threat of rain all day, which it basically just held itself off like right. there was like some very intense wind that was happening which was kind of the nicest because it was so warm so it was just you'd get these intense gusts even through the deep forest um, but for the most part the rain just held itself off and the um, I would say like I would compare a lot of the landscape that we saw to something similar to like Congaree or Acadia, mm-hmm. or even Shenandoah. Yeah, there were a lot of comparisons yeah. we made. It was yeah. very green, mm-hmm. and it was it was visible through all of the forest mm-hmm. that you could see. Yeah, like as we were walking, you could see like little you know critters like moving through the woods on the side of you. Like it wasn't like you couldn't see like very far. You could see everything. Yeah, for pretty far. And then we eventually come to this kind of break 
um, in the tree line, and that takes us out near. Remember, there was all those buildings um, that were like look like park management buildings oh, or yeah, like yeah. kind of like um, construction sort of buildings, right? Um, for like con- like a construction firm, and we ended up like walking the road for a little bit, and that's the thing the the path the the um, the Buckeye Trail does take you on the road and it happened Sometimes, even, you yeah. know, in our second day of hiking. So that took us along the road and then through this like little tree gate, which had like formed, which was really cool. There were those cool. like five trees that were like really thin. Yeah. But it's like you had to kind of pass through them and then we we're back in the woods again. Yeah. And then just kind of like meandering our way. Um, uh, and up during that section, everything was still very relatively flat the yeah. whole time. Yeah. We did finally make it to this big, like open field area with like power lines going over us. Oh, gigantic power lines. Gigantic yeah. like power two lines. Sets of them. And like, it was beautiful on both sides. Like you could see for a long time and some dark stormy clouds there too. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And that, you know, eventually after that, we started to kind of make our way back down. Like we had kind of hit, hit top we yeah, were at the top the descent started so we were kind of descending and yeah. on our way down right before we got to the road there was this little like box and inside the box was this little like plastic um, bag and inside the plastic bag was this little notebook and a pen and we opened it and people would leave had been leaving notes for yeah. like over a year like a trail log so we added a little note to it mm-hmm. and um then we put it back and then we had to walk out of the woods and that took us to the road. We and crossed the road. We crossed the road and headed off to the right. Followed the road for a bit to an we intersection. Had to cross that road mm-hmm. and then we headed down into like uh, walking through a high grass area. Yeah. And there were like wildflowers everywhere. Oh yeah. This was very like English garden. Mm-hmm. This, we were like, this looks like Narnia at spring. Yeah. I mean, it was beautiful. Yeah. And it was right next to like some sort of pond kind of yes. thing, which we then like it brought us to like literally another road and we had to walk along that road. Yeah. And then that brought us finally to the intersection with the towpath again. Right. Yeah. And with that, let's take another break. Right. Time for Drag Queen Corner. Ladies and gentlemen and everyone in between, please welcome to the stage Altoona, Altoona Johnstown. Johnstown. Now, where in the world did we get the name Altoona Johnstown? Now, it is not a pun, Mm-mm. but there are two little towns in Pennsylvania named Altoona and Johnstown. And when we were driving, they were right. Well, well they were on the exit same were, sign. It was on the same exit sign. And it was like, in it that was order. Like, Take this exit for Altoona Johnstown. And right. we were like, Oh, that's the name. Absolutely. Right. So Mike, in your imagination, who is Altoona Johnstown? Um, Altoona Johnstown is a, very vibrant queen, but one with a very mediocre start and a very... um, So she knows struggle. She knows struggle, but she also had a very um, plain Jane sort of early life. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Um, Sarah plain and tall in the beginning. Oh, my God. Sarah plain and tall. (laughs) Glenn Close. Yeah. Right. And then then she evolved into Altoona Johnston. Yeah. I feel like she's innovative with like the materials she uses mm-hmm. for her outfits. Yes. I, I do feel like she has some kind of iconic look that is uh, like a picnic table, 
like cloth picnic tablecloth. Yeah, you're reading my mind right now. Right, but like it's like high fashion and couture. Oh yeah. So yeah, no, it's like a cape or a poncho, um, and I feel like it's very versatile. Like it is easily changeable. It's like one of those um, musical theater dresses, like when Cinderella spins around oh, yeah. and like her rags become riches automatically. So right. she's like super innovative oh, there. So mm-hmm. maybe Altoona Johnstown is like, like, like farm by day and mm-hmm. like glamathon by night. I think so. And like she's a quick change queen. Yeah. I mean, screen. I feel like a lot of the drag queens, especially like in the finales of RuPaul's Drag Race, have to pull out these stunts in their, right. in their you know, lip syncs, which I just want to say this. I do love a good stunt in yeah. a lip sync. I mean, uh, <laughs> um, Monet Exchange in her final lip sync on All Stars did a wig reveal where she had been read for these little pussy count wigs that mm-hmm. she'd been wearing that Rue calls them little pussy count wigs. Mm-hmm. And she pulled off one pussy count wig to reveal the exact same pussy count wig. <laughs> and I died. But anyway, I do love a good like stunt. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I feel like that, she could be like, like somewhere between like drag queen and quick change artists, mm-hmm. you know, like yeah. those quick change artists are like amazing to watch what mm-hmm. they do. And so I feel like she would just like throw a whole bunch of confetti in the air and it would drop and then she would be something different. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, so like her, her quick change talent is the thing that like got her out of the farm life. Right. Yeah. Right. So what is she saying? Um, I think she has, well, I think she does, if she's going to do this, then like, like she'll start a lip sync with one song that will then like transform into another song. Like, um, like I could see her starting with like coal miner's daughter and then in the middle of it, it transitioning into, she works hard for the money. Mm. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. So ladies and gentlemen and everyone in between, Please welcome to the stage, Altoona, Altoona Johnstown. Johnstown. We had taken that road, and that road had brought us back to the towpath. Now, here is where we w- were faced with a decision that we needed to make, which was we needed to go back to the Boston Visitor Center, mm-hmm. which we could get there via the towpath, or we could take what was called the Valley Trail. And we were like really conflicted about which one to take. Right. Um, Because we, you know, want to see the Valley Trail. And we also, you know, but we knew the towpath was also going to be pretty easy. And quick. And quick. Uh, So. um, And we were tired at this point. And we were tired because we had walked how many miles? Four plus, well, we'd walked probably almost nine miles at this point. Right. And so, uh, I will say this later when I was in a little store talking to somebody about the trails we had done. And I said, the Valley trail, that is the horse trail. Oh, I didn't know that, but that is the trail for horses. Well, that makes sense as per all the poop as per. Yeah. And also all of the, the high grass, like they don't clear that because the horses can walk through it. Right. So we can get ticks instead. (laughs) Right. Because we were tired and because we were looking forward to going to a Ruby Tuesdays to (laughs) eat dinner. Right. We were like, you know what? 
we're going to get on the Valley Trail tomorrow going south. Mm-hmm. Um, so we let's just take the towpath back. Yeah. And also, we had not really walked on the towpath except Mm-mm. briefly trying to go to Brandywine Falls. Right. And so I did really want to see that. Yeah. Um, so we headed off down the towpath. Yeah, and that's where we definitely got our education in locks and also the canals. And I was that's where I was like, oh, is it called a towpath? Because animals used to tow oh, yeah. the canals. And our friend Leah was like, uh, absolutely is. And yeah. she had a lot more information on canals than we she did. She did. And there were lots of locks along yeah. the way. And these locks were like these concrete sort of like um, enclosures inside mm-hmm. of the canal mm-hmm. that would help them control the water level, uh, the water level, yep. and help them get the stuff off the boats. Um, the other thing about canals is that, like, they didn't have like flow, right? Which is why they would have to be pulled, right? Because they were just like sitting water. Yep. So they would yep. sometimes have flow, and they could encourage flow with from the, the river. Locks. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. If the river was close and available, so and it was such a beautiful path. The towpath was really pretty, like. I was saying to you and Leah, Mm -hmm. I was like, this is like walking through the countryside of England. Mm -hmm. Not that I've done that a lot. I Mm -hmm. was fortunate enough to do that like one time. Mm -hmm. And it was just like so green and like the trees were beautiful and like the flowers are wild and everywhere. And that was happening. A lot of yellows and purples out there. Yes. While we were walking, we actually saw this one tree that literally had grown through another Another tree. tree, Yeah. That was crazy to me. I had never seen that before, but literally like this one tree was at an angle and this other tree was growing up under it. And the barks had just merged. Yeah. Literally like one had like gone through it and out the other side. And gone well, you've seen like up. trees grow through like telephone line before. And oh yeah, stuff I've like seen that, that before. So it kind of makes sense. But yeah, you're right. I've never seen like that one happen. tree go through another tree. No, 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 and they were both still like their own individual tree. Yeah, like you know, that was crazy. Mm-hmm. The other thing it's that like happened on <laughs> this trail was that we saw, we saw. Did we see two snakes on this trail? We saw a well, snake. You and Leah saw a snake. We also saw. A mama deer and a baby deer run across the trail. We did. Yeah. You and Leah saw a snake earlier Mm -hmm. and I didn't see it. And I just sort of like scampered away. And then you two were ahead of me and there was another snake, a much larger snake. Mm -hmm. Because it was basically swamp marsh that we were, you know, this towpath was walking through. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Literally. So I was, I was, I don't, hate snakes but I don't love them right and I you know I don't want to cause them any harm or fear yeah so I just was like I'm gonna I saw that snake moving and I was like oh my god and I just ran around so yeah and that happened yeah it did the towpath was a perfect way for us to get back and for it to feel like it wasn't going to destroy us for the end of the night. Um, Cause we had started hiking late. We didn't start until like 1130. So by the time we got back, it was like six 30 or so seven. And we, you know, spent a great, you know, amount of time out there that day. And it was hot. It was, so I think yeah. that was us trying to be kind to ourselves, but we made it back to Boston store and it was like, deserted uh, oh my god it was, it was a, a ghost, ghost town, town totally and it was like totally thriving with people and dogs and the parking lot was completely empty it was like our car leah's car 
and like one other car. Yeah, that was that. And we were like, let's find that nearest Ruby Tuesdays and head off into the night for endless salad bar. And that is exactly what we did. All right, let's put the Brandy Wine Falls Trail on the Karen Stone scale. Go for it. Um, I'm going to see a four. I also would say a four. So it's eight out of 20 Karen Stones. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's not too bad. It really mm-hmm. isn't. There's a tiny little bit of uphill sometimes. You but know it's I mean? like really pretty. And, it's, and some stairs yeah. when you're around there, you know. But you can actually like take in all of the falls without doing any of the stairs. That's true. Yep. So what about the Buckeye Trail between Boston and Jate? I would say we had to work for that. I'm going to say six. Yeah, I'm going to give it a six. Yeah. It was like, it was a tough uphill. I can imagine if we were headed in the other direction. Yeah. That that uphill would have been like would an have eight been, ooh, or a nine. Like an eight or a nine. But yeah. yeah, because we were going south to north, I think, yeah, six. So yeah. she gets a 12 out of 20 yeah. Karen yeah, yeah, Stones. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. And yeah. I think, I mean, the... The towpath is it's just like a, a, a lovely walk. A lovely it's, walk. She don't get a stone at all. She's, there's no stones for her. No. No, she's no. a lovely walk. She's a lovely walk. It is time for Jeopardy. Mike, who is starting today? I will start today. Great, I'm ready. So my category is called Buckeye State. Oh my God, seriously? Did we write the same Jeopardy? Did we write the same Jeopardy? Maybe. Well, in this Jeopardy, Mm -hmm. um, you will need to complete a phrase, a common idiom or phrase that will start with Buckeye. For example, Buckeye of the Needle. So oh, you'll be answering the clue like We did that. not write the same category. Great, but a similar we sentiment. sort of, yeah. Okay. Great. So um, Buckeye State for 100. Um, at Mrs. Yoder's Kitchen in the, heart of Ohio, in the heart of Ohio Amish country, you can find yourself in a culinary wonderland that shows no signs of stopping the food train from heading your way. Don't be surprised that even if you go in ravenous that you don't end up finishing. Clearly it shows that. Your, you, uh, your Buckeyes are bigger than your stomach. That's correct. Oh, great. there you go. There we go. Mm-hmm. Great. All right. Um, the Cleveland Indians are some of Ohioans' favorite sons. Working their way against the odds year in and year out, they do their best to get to make their way to the World Series. And it's not like they haven't done it before. And it's not like they haven't won. If they keep plugging away, they might just get that win again as long as they keep what is their buckeye on the ball or their buckeyes on the prize oh, okay. i'll accept buckeye on the ball okay buckeye state for 300 you and your family have hit the road through the glorious flattish wilderness of ohio on a roadside stop just on the side of i-75 you spot the king of kings statue a 62 foot tall statue in monroe on Monroe, Ohio, of Jesus. While your mother and father love the statue, you, a young artist, find it less than thrilling, even a little gaudy. Your varying opinions very aptly prove that... You don't see buckeye eye. Oh, I like that. I'll take that. Oh. Or your beauty is in the buckeye of the beholder. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Great. I like that. I like cool. that. All right. Um, buckeye State for 400. 
You've heard your grandmother talk about 1978 every year that you've ever visited her in Columbus, but not because of Vietnam or that she and Poppy saw Jaws in the theater, but rather for a blizzard that crippled the city. But they were prepared, even for a brief break in the blizzard where she swore that they had seen the sun break through the clouds. You simply explained to her that they were... In the buckeye of the storm. That's correct. And last but not least, when hiking in Cuyahoga National Park, the cuties are out. Thank (laughs) God you're not diabetic because you are going to get blessed with some good... What is Buckeye candy? That is correct. Congratulations. (laughs) (laughs) That was fun. There you go. Okay, great. Um, Mine, I think you're going to like it. Five for five, by the way, for you. And I think you're going to do well. Okay. Um, It is called State Nicknames Roundup. Oh, great. So um, in this category, you have to name the state and its nickname. Oh, okay. Like great. Ohio is the Buckeye state. Okay, great. So, I hate you a little bit right now. <laughs> I'm also very tired. <laughs> state nicknames round up from 100. This New England state, known for its nuclear families, being a place where New Yorkers move to to get out of the city, and sometimes referred to as the nutmeg state, got its state nickname when historian John Fisk claimed that the state's fundamental orders of 1638 and 39 was the first example of this kind of document mentioned also in the nickname. What is Massachusetts and what is the Constitution state? You were so close. What is Connecticut and what is the Constitution state? Okay, I was going to say Connecticut. Yeah. Yeah, okay. All right. State nicknames round up for 200. This North Midwestern state, sometimes called the Great Lakes state, got its nickname from Ohioans calling out their ornery attitude of its citizens, much similar to a Hugh Jackman-like animal when they lost the war over the Toledo Strip. What is Michigan and what is the Wolverine state? Correct. Well done. You're very proud of yourself for that one. 300. This Pacific Coast state got its name from its state animal due to the many fur hats and pelts that were fashioned and worn along this famous trail that it is known for where one might have died of dysentery. What is Oregon and what is the otter state? What is the beaver state? Uh, But you got Oregon, that was correct. There we go. Great. You can only do so much. Great. Also beavers. (laughs) Also beavers. 400. This southern state known for its near parallelogram shape got this nickname during the War of 1812 when many unpaid soldiers from the state were influential in the victory of the Battle of New Orleans under President Andrew Jackson. What is the bitch better have my money state? <laughs> and what is Tennessee? It is Tennessee, okay. but that ain't enough. <laughs> Please. Pay me what you owe me. <laughs> if, somebody, if somebody chooses to do something... Mm-hmm. And what is the volunteer that state? That is correct. The volunteer mm-hmm. state. Don't well edit that out. <laughs> I won't. No. All right. Are you ready for the last one? Yeah, I'm real proud state of that. State nickname Can Tennessee up. please change their nickname? <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Um, state nickname Roundup for 500. Great. This New England state got its nickname from a literal translation of its name from its original French to English. So... Hint, the name as it exists right now is French. 
Mm-hmm. But translated means it's New England. Is that what you it, said? It's in New England. Okay. <laughs> what is the message you Correct. <laughs> I know it's not. Why am I struggling? It's north of Massachusetts. What is Maine? No. What is New Hampshire? No. What the is other Vermont? One. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Ver- Vermont. Vermont. Is French for what? For. What is Vermont French for? Yeah. What is it French for? Mountain. Correct. Mountain. The mountain state. No, it's not the mountain oh. state. Mont means mountain, mm-hmm. but there means green mountain. Thank state. you. It's mm-hmm. the green mountain state. There we go. You got it. <laughs> what is Massachusetts? This has been Gaze at the National Parks, the podcast. And we're here to remind you to hike early and hike often, and that adventure is always out there. Gaze at the National Parks was created and is hosted by Dustin Ballard and Michael Ryan. Follow us on Instagram at Gaze at the National Parks. And you can email us at gaze at the national parks at gmail.com. This episode was edited by Dustin Ballard. All original artwork featured on Instagram is by Michael Ryan. All original music was written and performed by Dave Seaman with Mariella Klinger. We would also like to acknowledge that while hiking in the Cuyahoga Valley National Park, that we were on the traditional lands of the Potawatomi people.